After dropping the first two meetings, the New York Islanders beat the New York Rangers tonight 4-2 at Madison Square Garden. I'm Stefan Rosner, and this is Islanders Game Report with Islanders Insight. The Islanders tonight headed into the third period with a 3-0 lead. And if you look two games ago, the Islanders were on pace to have a big win against the Washington Capitals as they went to the third period up 4-1. But they blew that lead and ultimately lost that game by a score of 6-4. So the whole goal here was hold on to this lead and get the job done. Well, two late penalties. A big penalty by Scott Mayfield where he gets a double minor for spearing. Gives the Rangers an opportunity they capitalize twice as it is now a 4-2 game. And with a few minutes to go, the Islanders take a delay of game penalty following an icing. They couldn't decide on who was on the ice, who wasn't. And after too long of a time, they get called for a delay of game. The Rangers are buzzing but cannot score. This game ends 4-2. Let's take a look at the stats now. The Islanders were heavily outshot 18-42. They went 64% of the faceoffs. Islanders are 2-for-2 two two on the power play. They give the Rangers 5 opportunities. The Rangers capitalize twice. Islanders take 10 penalty minutes, Rangers take 4. Islanders outhit the Rangers 25 to 16. They outblock the Rangers 16 to 11. Both teams with 12 giveaways, Islanders 8 takeaways, Rangers 6 takeaways. On the power play, Josh Bailey comes through as he deflects a point shot by Noah Dobson to give the Islanders a 1-0 lead. Anthony Bavillier gives the Islanders a 2-0 lead. On an odd man rush, Matt Barzal makes a smart play and turns around and fires Anthony Bavillier wide open above the high slot. He takes the puck in, picks his shot, scores glove side on Georgiev. 2-0 Islanders. That was also on the power play. Anders Lee makes it 3-0 as Barzal pass finds him in the high slot. He one-times it, deflects off people in front, but finds a way into the net. 3-0 Islanders. Third period now. 4-0 Islanders. Brock Nelson is able to finish off a great backdoor pass by Josh Bailey. And this is when the Rangers started to make this interesting. Pavel Buchnevich makes it 4-1 as he tips a shot from Adam Fox. That was on the power play. And then on the power play again, Chris Kreider makes it 4-2 as he scores 5 on Thomas Grace as he finds a loose rebound in front of the net after a point shot by Mika Zibanejad. Third star of the game is Matthew Barzal. He had two assists. He had the assist on the Josh Bailey goal and the Anthony Bavillier goal. Your second star of the game is Josh Bailey. He had the opening goal of the game, and he added two assists. And Thomas Grice stops 40 of 42 shots in this one. We welcome in Christian Arnold of Islanders Insight as he is live from the press box for the first segment I like to call... That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. The defensive structures for the New York Islanders tonight, Christian, were really pushing the Rangers to the outside. I, know, I saw in a few times where the guys at the point came down to try to shoot from the wings. They really didn't have much because the Islanders defense was just... Pretty solid all night long. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's a big important thing. You look at a lot of the game, the way the game was played. It was uh, it was a lot of good things by the Islanders. Maybe not their best work by far. Maybe I think obviously I think uh, I think the Carolina game they may played a little bit better than they did tonight, and they didn't come out with a win in that one. But still, it was a good effort from the Islanders. Obviously, to uh, work along the boards, work behind the net. The Islanders, um, I think both two of the Islanders' first period, uh, the two first period goals, I think were just getting to those loose pucks and. and Forcing those turnovers. I mean, the the goal for um, Andrews Lee, you're talking about. Yeah, there's a lot of good work behind the net, actually, and it was Matt Barzal and a couple other guys who battled for the puck for a few seconds there, and they were able to dig it out, and then obviously Barzal gets the feed over there. So there's a lot of good little things that the Islanders did this game, and that's kind of what you need them to do, especially with the way they've been playing. They're obviously not going to score a whole lot, and for them, also the. I think you wrote about it the other day too. It was a lot of little mistakes that they were making that were costing them big in these games, and 
this time around. You didn't really see that the other night in, in uh, Carolina, and you didn't really see too much of that tonight against the New York Rangers. Granted, there were a couple of mistakes that were could have been costly. I mean, obviously the penalty against Scott Mayfield, the four-minute spearing, became a little bit of a um, you know costly penalty for the Islanders, and then that uh, delay a game penalty that it took a couple minutes later could have been costly as well for the Islanders. So, uh, I mean, there were a couple of things that made the game a little too interesting at the end of it, but for the most part, I think you're right. They did play a relatively structured game, and um, there was a lot of good work in, the, in kind of those little detailed areas that, that you'd like to see, especially if you're head coach Barry Trotz. The Islanders have had a really tough time on the power play, but Christian, tonight, they go two for two. Yeah, I mean, you'll take that any day of the week, right? I mean, two power play goals doesn't happen a lot. I was trying to look back and do some quick research on the fly during the game to see when the last time the Islanders had two power play goals in a game, and I couldn't do it as quickly as I'd like, so I'd be interested to know that stat and, and kind of look it up a little later. But, I mean, that's a good thing. The Islanders obviously a team that doesn't necessarily uh, put the puck a lot in the net on the power play. I think we've talked about this, too. I think the last podcast we did, it's a lot of not shooting the puck and a lot of looking for that perfect pass. And I think that's really what hinders them from being as successful as they like. I think when they, they put the puck in the back of the net from the power play, it's a lot of just throwing the puck in the net, getting those rebounds, getting those goals in the dirty dirty areas. And that's you know kind of what the Islanders need to do. There's not a whole lot of finishers on this team. So when you're talking about the power play, you kind of just want something where it's going to be kind of down and dirty. It's not, not going to be anything too pretty. Another thing we could talk about is the play of Noah Dobbs. And then the question of if he could handle being that sixth defenseman for the New York Islanders, it's really getting answered these last couple of games. He gets an assist tonight, but overall his skating ability, his shot selection, his play on defense have really taken form. Yeah, I think his play has kind of improved a lot over the last, uh, really since he's been in there for Adam Pellick. I think you've seen a lot of uh, growth in his game. There's always going to be those little mistakes, right? It's always going to happen, especially as a, as a young player, as a 20-year-old, you know, a 19-year-old one that when the whole thing started earlier in the month. Um, so I think that kind of comes with time, right? It, it's something that you're going to learn on the fly, and, and, Scott, and Noah Dobson's going to get a couple hard lessons. I think he got that hard lesson, um, you know, I think it was his third game in against Toronto where he got posterized a little bit, um, and that's going to happen. And I think you're seeing quickly his, his growth and maturity level uh, come to where I think Barry Trotz and the coaching staff sees that it can be down the line. And, uh, I mean, there's nothing like getting those opportunities right away in, the, in some big situations. In the last couple games, the Islanders have played some tough opponents. I mean, three games against the New York Rangers in about a week and a half. Uh, the Washington Capitals, the Carolina Hurricanes, these are good teams. So if there's an opportunity to, to see your game get better, these are the games you want to see that. And I think we're, we've seen that growth over and over, you know, in the, in the stint that he's had, and it's it's only getting better. If we take a look back to last game against the Carolina Hurricanes, Noah Dobson played great in that game, but he had an unfortunate play where he gets in the shooting lane, the puck hits his stick, his stick snaps, and it deflects into the net behind Thomas Grice. But you look at that play, and you just take positives from that. He's in the right spot. Just an unfortunate bounce, and he, again, he looks to improve each and every game as he gets more minutes. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the the, the case. You know, these guys are especially when you're as young as he is, they are developing and they are learning, and this is you know learning on the fly, trial by fire, so to speak. And um, you know, if the Islanders are still finding ways to pull out points, to pull out wins, and and they're learning on the fly. I mean, that's not a bad thing. They are getting those opportunities that. Uh, are only going to make them better come you know crunch time later in the season and that and if this is still the case in the playoffs so uh, if the Islanders get to the playoffs uh, you know it's kind of gotten a little dicey the last couple of week and a half or so I mean I think they'll make the playoffs but they've certainly made things a little bit interesting and a little tighter here with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins gaining a lot of ground Columbus gaining a lot of ground Carolina right there in the mix even the Rangers they're still they're gaining a bit of ground not necessarily enough to be as much of a threat as I think they'd like but they're still in the mix a little bit 
It's time for the segment I like to call... No! God! No! This game was nowhere near perfect for the New York Islanders. And they had a 3-0 lead heading into the third period. They finally got a 4-0 lead. But late penalties, you know, this becomes a 4-2 game. But the main thing I want to talk about right now is the shots on goal. They get outshot 42-18 in this game. They were held to five shots in the second and five shots in the third. Christian, what's your take on this? Yeah, it was uh, not a game of a lot of shots. I mean, but the Islanders made the shots count when they when they had them, so that was good. But certainly there were there were stretches, especially in parts of the second and, and, and that late part in the third there, where the Rangers really started to put this you know put the screws on the Islanders a bit, and it became crunch time. And they get to those two power play goals, and it certainly starts to feel a lot like it did uh, last Thursday at Nassau Coliseum, Saturday at Nassau Coliseum, where the Islanders had I think he tweeted about it. The Islanders had the three goal lead going into the third, and, and on Saturday afternoon, and that three-goal dis- three-goal lead disappeared pretty quickly. This is kind of a similar situation where it's a three-four goal lead in the, in the third period. It's coming down to crunch time, and the Islanders are giving them that opportunity to kind of stay in this in this game. And for a, a few minutes there, it got a little dicey. The Islanders did manage to hold the uh, the Rangers off a little bit, but it got interesting. Two three years ago, right? The, the Dougie Wade era when uh, the Islanders yeah. were a great offensive team, but their defense was not there, and then. You know, you go into the third, the Islanders had a 3-4 goal lead, and it became a 4-3 shootout, 5-4 game where it was, you know, anybody, you could flip a coin, and that's the winner because it was that close, and the the, the lead was so insecure at that point that um, anything kind of could happen. Christian, the Islanders take their fair share of penalties, and tonight they take five penalties. But two I want to focus on is, one, the Scott Mayfield gets called for a double minor for spearing. All spearing penalties are double minors. Rangers scored twice in that power play. And late in the game, they get a delay of game penalty because they couldn't figure out who to put on that rink following an icing. What's your take? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of what we said after the Ranger game last uh, Thursday. I agree with you. He definitely kind of put on a little bit of a show to sell it. But at the same time, if you're Scott Mayfield, don't put yourself in that position and take that penalty in the first place. Don't give him that opportunity to, to embellish and allow the refs to see it and then take that that four minute penalty like we were talking about before it gave them the opportunity that's two quick goals the rangers got on the power play um and they're right back in it and it's certainly a bit of uh you know it could have shaken the honors confidence a lot because of the the situation that they've had over the last week or so um so i mean that that's a it's not a great penalty you take and then the delay of game game delay of game penalty a couple minutes later after that was was i would think worse than the the uh spearing penalty just because that is such a it's an easy penalty not to take i mean it's basics of making the right change at the right time and the islanders couldn't do that and they put themselves in a situation where they gave the rangers more life i mean they were they're down four two they're still a few minutes on the clock and there's an opportunity there for the new york rangers to get right back in the game and make it a one goal lead and i mean you know they get one goal on there it's it's enough to shake anybody's confidence and so i think those i agree they're bad penalties i think the second penalty is the the worst of the two even though the Rangers scored twice in the power play on the Scott Mayfield penalty because at that point you're already in a pretty dire situation and you're giving the Rangers an opportunity that they didn't earn or need to have if you're the Islanders right because you're just giving that to them so I I think that's probably the more egregious of the two penalties. This game was ultra similar to the game back against the Capitals for one specific reason in that game against the Capitals Devin Taves scores and does the Kuznetsov bird celebration and you look at today Brandon Lemieux did his job. He gets under the skin of Scott Mayfield, takes a spearing penalty, a little embellishment, but it was a spearing penalty. And you just got to think that Barry Trotz is going to have to have a talk with Mayfield that you don't take penalties like that in this situation, let alone in any situation really. But 
This is a big situation in the game where it could really come back to bite you. He takes the penalty. They scored twice. I mean, it's a lesson learned, but it's a tough one. And you can go back to talking about Barzal now. Barzal did not get a single shift in the third period. And from when we were sitting, you know, and watching, you couldn't really tell why. But, you know, maybe you had a better angle of what happened from the press box and then your post-game conversations. Yeah, no, I'm, I was trying to look it up quick before we started. I mean, it was uh, it, it was an interesting decision. Obviously, there's something there. I think we've seen him make some sloppy plays at times when he's on the ice, and I think it's kind of become a bit of a more uh, recurring thing. And there's been maybe some, um, you know, poor plays where he gives the way the puck or he makes a bad play in his own end, where it's, it, or even in the offense's end, where it's, it's costing the Islanders. And so... I think uh, you know Trotz was kind of saying after the after the game. Obviously, you know he did the interview with Shannon Hogan, and I believe he said something to the effect of that it was uh, you know he knows what he did wrong, and we'll keep that between the coach and the player kind of thing. Um, and it was a similar thing because there's a, a little bit of a different press conference that goes on with the with the beat writers and um, the rest of the media after the game on the road. So it, it, you know it's a similar answer, but I think there's still something where Trotz is hoping this break gives Bars all a little bit of time to kind of reinvigorate what he was doing right for the first half of the season because I think there was a lot of good things that Matt Barzal was doing for all you know the first month or two where you know he really looked like a different player where he's playing really responsibly in his own end um, as well as kind of creating those opportunities in the offensive zone that makes him such a um, dynamic player uh, offensively with the puck and then being able to set up a lot of opportunities for the Islanders so I think there's a hope that he can kind of get figure out whatever's been going on with him over this break you know the honors have i think something like 10 days off between the all-star break and the final week and uh you know bars all be be in uh, st louis for the all-star game for a little bit but still it's a it's a decent amount of time for him to kind of you know sit down and and think about what's going on or even just sit down and kind of relax and maybe take some of that pressure off maybe that's what the problem is he's trying to do too much for the honors now especially with the scoring drought that's been going on um you know before some of the last couple games so I think the break is kind of what the Islanders are hoping for, where he kind of where he figures out what's going on and gets back on the right track. Barzal does lead the league in turnovers. Maybe this 10-day break, I know he has the All-Star game and the skills competition, but maybe it's time for him to just mentally get some rest and physically as well. Thanks, Christian, who is live from the press box. Christian, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Guys, you can give Christian Arnold a follow on Twitter at C underscore Arnold 01 for all your latest Islanders news and updates. Let's take a look at two important scores from tonight around the NHL. The Carolina Hurricanes beat the Winnipeg Jets by a score of 4-1, and the Philadelphia Flyers beat the Pittsburgh Penguins by a score of 3-0. Standings update. Pittsburgh Penguins have a four-point lead over the New York Islanders. The Islanders have one game in hand, and Carolina is in the top wildcard spot with 61 points. Columbus, Blue Jackets are behind them with 60. This is a big win for the Islanders as they separate themselves from the Hurricanes by at least the game. The Hurricanes have 50 games played. The Islanders, 49. That will do it for us tonight on the Isles Game Report. I'm Stefan Rosner. You could follow me on Twitter at Stefan underscore Rosner for daily Islanders tweets and updates as well. Islanders beat the Rangers 4-2. There is one more meeting between these two teams this season, and that is on February 25th. The Islanders now have a 10-day break, and their next game will be on February 1st at 1 o'clock as they host the Vancouver Canucks. Have a good night, everybody.